I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast, where we talk about family-style homeschooling. We are now going to talk about Writer's Workshop, and this is something that we touch on frequently on our blog and all over the website, but we really haven't gone into it in super lot of detail. We don't have a curriculum right now that is Writer's Workshop. It's more Karen's philosophy of how she has been teaching writing in her homeschool for the last several years. And so we're going to ask Karen how that's working. And I, Michelle, am going to ask her questions too. I have just started doing Writer's Workshop method in the last two years. And really last year was the first year that I felt like I was starting to get a handle on it. So I still have questions on it and hopefully... Some of my struggles will help you. <laughs> so so first of all, Karen, why do you do writer's workshop instead of buying a curriculum for writing or some other method? Early on, I was just buying grammar workbooks and workbooks like writing strands, which those are those are great, but it wasn't serving my kids well. I was noticing they were getting every single thing right in their writing curriculum, but it wasn't ever translating to their other writing. You know, if they were writing a history narration, it's like they forgot all of the grammar rules that they had learned the day before in their workbook. And if you taught them to write letters, when they actually wrote a letter to grandma, they could no longer do it. Right. Is that kind of how? Yes. I've had that same experience with my kids. They could recreate it for the workbook, but they weren't translating it to their writing lives and they weren't thinking of themselves as writers at all. So I decided I needed a change. And I wanted to make their writing experiences a lot more authentic and more something that they owned so that they would really become writers instead of workbook filler outers. So what I was doing at the beginning of my homeschooling is basically we were doing narration and that's almost all we were doing narration and some copy work. That was it. But so they weren't really writing about anything that they cared about. They were just Okay, we just read this encyclopedia entry. Now you tell me what you learned. And that was it. And those that's good, but it was definitely not a full-on writing thing. And so, and I also used writing strands, but I have also felt like my kids are not loving writing. They're not liking writing at all. None of them, it's not that I expect them to become novelists. It's just that they hated writing and, and I wanted to do something different. So I started asking Karen, what do you do for writing? And she started explaining the writer's workshop. And then there were some posts on the blog about writer's workshop. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. I felt like I didn't know at all what I was doing, but I found that as I just started doing it, I started to learn how to do it. Like I had to actually jump in. You have to do it to figure it out. It's the only way I was the same way when I started and I started poorly, I guess. I had this idea that writer's workshop would mean that I gave my kids empty writer's notebooks and they would journal and just write whatever they wanted and they would fill their notebooks and then we would take some of those ideas and take them through the writing process and evolve them into beautiful penned articles and stories and things like that. And so in my mind, free writing and journaling was my way of giving them every option under the sun. I thought I was gifting them this choice and that they would totally just thrive with this ultimate freedom and possibilities. And that's not what happened in my kids' minds. That writer's notebook that they started out with was just a really intimidating blank page. I didn't give them enough direction or enough instruction at all. And so they just sat there going, I don't know what to write about. I can't do this. 
And so little by little, I figured out, okay, we need to balance this. They need some choice and some freedom and some authorship, but they also need some direction and some instruction. And so I kind of had to reevaluate things. So Michelle, what I did, I took a look at a lot of writing curricula out there and I noticed that most of them provided articles and then they would ask the kids to rewrite the information in their own words in a really specific format. Like they would have an article about the health benefits of sleep and then they would ask the kids, use this information and write a paragraph about the health benefits of sleep. And so I was, I was looking at that and going, well, that's, that's not what I want. That's not accomplishing my goals. That's kind of like asking them to do the copy work every single day, which there is a place for copy work, but every day is too much. That's just boring. It's boring. Yeah. And so I wanted my kids to know that their ideas were valuable and that they could be capable and confident with their writing skills so they could communicate. So I started to develop this idea. I'm going to begin each day with a little tiny lesson. And that's what I call my mini lessons. And that's a grammar skill or any writing skill that I think would benefit my kids. And I have a big list of them. Isn't that list, is the list in our... There's a partial list in our planner. In our planner, yeah. I have a more developed list that that I'm still working working on. on. Um, But But that, that list is for you... It's and, for and me. And it's not a checklist so much. Like you don't go, okay, we have to do this and then this and then this. It's an idealist. It's an idealist. I grab an idea and I try to notice what my kids need in their writing, what they're lacking. And then I give them this little tiny mini lesson to the whole family at the same time. And then I, I have a genre that we're working on for that month. And I give them some direction about the genre. For example, if they're writing a fairy tale at, you know, in that month, then we talk about the rule of threes in fairy tales, how the number three comes up all the time so that they can utilize that in their writing. It gives them some scaffolding so that they're not just staring at a blank page. And we talk about once upon a time and how that phrase is very common. And we might even take some well-known fairy tales and write our own version. So I'm giving them some direction. I don't tell them exactly what to write. I give them freedom with some direction. You know how you were saying that your kids had this blank page when you just had the writer's notebook and it felt intimidating. Yes. I, I kind of feel like for me, as the teacher of writer's workshop, I sort of have that blank page. Like it feels intimidating to me to try to decide, well, what's the grammar topic and what's the genre of this month? Like, I feel like I've got that blank page in front of me as a teacher. Like, what do I do? It feels overwhelming. So how do you, how do you start out? Like, how do you know what your kids need to work on. How do you know what genres you should be picking? Or, or is it that important? Do I need to just, just pick one and go with it? I'm hoping to eventually have more direction for everyone in a written form where you can actually see more of what I do for Writer's Workshop in a printed version. But I started making lists. I said, okay, what are the genres of writing? People write letters. They write descriptions. They write opinions. They write persuasive essays, you know, and I started to kind of group those. Like really an opinion paper and a persuasive essay are the same thing, just tweaked a little bit. And for example, a a description, there are lots of ways that we write descriptions. You can write a classified ad or you can write an incredibly descriptive 
dialogue and a story. Those are both descriptions and they use a lot of the same tools. You've got to use vivid adjectives and you've got to help people feel like they're there so they can see what you're talking about. So they use a lot of the same skills, right? So I just started making lists of all of those things. What are the ways that we write as people? And then little by little, we started checking off those lists. So every year I choose from these genres and those genres are in our layers of learning planner. You can see the genres that I teach from, but within the genres, there are a lot of ways that you can go. So we're not going to write a friendly letter every single year, but we will write letters every year. Maybe one year we're really focused on professional letters. Another year we're really focused on friendly letters, or we might do both and compare those two. But every time I look at it and I take from my list, my genre list, and I say, this is our focus for the month. Where can we go with this? And then I let it organically flow. So in a way, it really doesn't matter as long as you're picking varied genres and your kids are getting experience in lots of places. My problem before was that I was trying to do one thing all the time. I thought that they could just go off of this blank writer's notebook and it was going to serve them well somehow. And it, it didn't. It didn't work. And when I went the workbook route, that was too structured. I needed something in the middle. And that's where Writer's Workshop was born. So something that I have enjoyed with writing strands, and and I think I learned this from writing strands. The writing strands writing projects are actually a little boring for my kids, I feel like. But what I love about it is that the author breaks down the writing process. And that's something that I don't think I understood. I'm a natural writer and I just write. But I didn't know how to help my kids go through the writing process. And if I was giving them a genre, I'd say, okay, we're going to write a poem. And I want you to write a poem that has to do with the ancient city of Petra. And then I wouldn't know, as the teacher, I wouldn't know how to help them write that poem. And they would just, again, we'd have that blank page. Uh, We're stuck. We're stuck. Right. And so, again, I feel like this writer's workshop thing is a little loosey-goosey for me because I don't know how to go... I hand them this writing genre. How do I teach them how to, how to do this? How do I teach them how to write an essay? And so how do you do that? Like, how did you learn that? The workshop part of writer's workshop is because it is actually based on the five stages in the writing process. The writing process is a way of looking at writing instruction where you're not thinking about what the kid is ending up with at the end. You're not thinking about the finished product. You're thinking about the entire process. So every single step of this process is every bit as important as every other step. The the five steps are this. First, you have pre-writing. That's the part where you are generating ideas. That's the part where you're stuck. Brainstorming. Yeah, that's that's actually where I think that we get stuck the most. Like the brainstorming or organizing things or, I don't know, just, just beginning that project. So that is often the very toughest part because that is the part where you go from a blank page to something on the page. Once you have something, you've got something to work with, right? So you need some strategies. I mentioned that I have lists of genres and lists of mini lessons. I also have lists of pre-writing strategies. And you teach these to your kids? Yep. We have a mini lesson every year on pre-writing strategies. Every single year, we go over each of the five stages in the writing process, even though they've done it every single so year. So you, you do that at the beginning of the year then? Yep. It's that important. You've got to teach that. Okay. So if I were to give a pre-writing mini lesson, these are the things that are on my list. I would tell my kids, these are your options. We can brainstorm, draw a picture, make a word cloud, make a character sketch, create a story map or a story mountain. 
do a quick write, which is just, I set a timer and for five minutes they have to write about the topic no matter what. They just can't stop. It doesn't have to be complete sentences. It doesn't have to be anything. They just have to write without stopping for five minutes. That's a quick write. They can outline. They can make a web or a cluster. Five W's and one H is one of the techniques that we use. That's the question words. Who, what, where, when, Mm -hmm. how. And how. If you were doing Petra poetry, then they could easily do that one. They would say, where is Petra? Who is Petra? Like what civilization of people, you know? So they would answer those questions. It would give them something on their paper to start with. Another one is just to make a list, to research. That is an overlooked tool of writers. How often do you write an article for a blog without doing some form of research? I always research. Yeah. We we forget that that is one of the important pre-writing techniques. Um, You can take notes. You can create a timeline or lifeline. You can cartoon. That's a really fun one for kids who are into drawing. Or doodle. Talk it out. Sometimes you have to do that brainstorm out loud together. Journal. Ask questions. Instead of just providing things, you ask questions. What do I know about Petra? Read your own writer's notebook. This isn't if you have a specific topic, but if you're just looking for something to write, you can look back in what you've written before and decide to you know, evolve an idea that you've come up with. Or you can make a graphic organizer. So those are pre-writing ideas. That's one step in the writing process. And there were all of these ways that you can do it. So let's say that you're doing that poem about Petra. Mm -hmm. Do you guide your kids through that process? Or do you just give them all these ideas and say, here, figure out one and do it on your own? I mean, how do you... So they all have all of these ideas in their writer's notebook. But when I start out a new genre, we always start with a pre-write together. So you do that that, group. Yeah, that would be the mini lesson of the day. Okay, so we, I would say, let's do the five W's and one H technique on Petra. And often that wouldn't be something they do on their own. That would be something we do like on our whiteboard out loud. We'd come up with it together, talk about it, generate some ideas. And that way they're brainstorming together and there's even more ideas. Right. And you're guiding them on that. I'm showing them the process. process. You can't just expect people to learn things on their own. How many times do you teach your kid how to tie their shoes before they actually do it by themselves I'm or still, still waiting, still working on that <laughs> or, you know, buttoning a My shirt oldest or... is 21. No, just <laughs> I hope he's, he's tying his shoes. I, I think he's tying his shoes. <laughs> I checked up on him lately. 21 year old in Velcro. <laughs> Velcro is cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, you, you demonstrate that. That's what these mini lessons are for. It's for demonstrating how to do it. But then your kids aren't going to just in that month, write one poem on Petra, right? Right, that would probably not take a whole month. (laughs) But then they've already got some ideas, they have some starts for how to do it, and they have this list of pre-writing ideas in their notebook. So they will do some totally on their own without you doing the collective mini-lesson. But you start out a genre really guiding, and then as they go on, they go more and more into their own ideas. So as as part of the pre-writing, do you also include like the rules of the genre because some some genres have very specific rules. If you're if you're writing a five paragraph essay, the essay has five paragraphs and each paragraph has a job. So is that part of your pre-writing or your the beginning your mini lesson? How do you how do you do that? Yes, the the genre rules are kind of the the mini lessons that I pre-plan. And then the rest of the month fills in with as they're working on this genre and I'm noticing, oh, this is a real weakness or we could do better at this. Then I kind of fill in the rest of the mini lessons with what they 
need at the moment. So the first lesson when you're beginning a new writing project is the rules of the genre. Uh, I would say the first five lessons, five, like the whole first week, the whole first is week. about the genre and about like taking them through a pre-writing and you know getting them okay. really going. Okay, so day one, you do a mini lesson that's beginning them on the the genre, and then you do some pre-writing together as a group, and then they have time to write on their own, and then you do that every day. Every day, we just add a little bit every day. It's a constant process, and as it evolves, not everyone in my family is in the same place in the writing process at exactly the same time. So at the beginning of the month, we probably are. Right, but for the, then, first, for the first few days, and then your older ones are maybe taking off. and Right, and once they learn this writing process, they become more and more competent with it all of the time. So, you know, my youngest ones, their writing process is very, very simple. It might be a sentence that they're taking through the writing process. And improving on that sentence. Meanwhile, their older sibling might be writing an entire essay or story at the same time. So do you usually have all of your kids on the same writing project at the same time? Like they're all working on the same genre? They're all in the same genre. But then they only have to complete one genre project for the month. They might make four or five different things. You know, as they're going on, like if we're doing poetry, especially, they'll write quite a few poems. Some of my kids can write multiple poems in a day in one writing session. If it's a longer thing, clearly they're not going to have as many finished works at the end of the month. But after that, they have the freedom. They have to complete one project all the way through the writing process that they turn into me that is graded. The rest of their writing, they can either be working on that genre or be working on something they have an idea for or whatever they want. They tend to do a lot of things in the genre because we introduce those ideas. And they're, they're, practic- they're excited about it. They're practicing it. Yes. And, and I've given them a whole bunch of concepts to think about. So it's kind of where their mind is. But, you know, my son, when he was little, he wrote super monkey stories constantly. It was this character that he had created, Super Monkey, that was a superhero And he'd do his genre writing, and then always I'd find him writing Super Monkey. That thrilled me. I was happy that he was into that. It's not like I was going to say, oh, that's not a biography. We're doing biographies this month. If he was writing, then I was happy. He completed his biography maybe in the middle of week two, and then you're like, okay, now you get to write what you like. Yeah. And so do you have a time period? Okay, you need to write for 30 minutes each day, or how do you control that, or... So your kids just like to write and so they just write a lot or no, we have, we have a time, but it's a different time every day because it kind of depends on how math went and how our morning went. And, you know, so I'll look at the clock and we, we do writer's workshop right before lunch. So it's kind of, okay, we did the mini lesson. And then how long do we have? Like we're, we're done at noon. Right. We're stopping for lunch. So one day they might write 20 minutes and one day they might have 40, but you know, in general writer's workshop, the writing time of it. People think of it as being like a 20 to 35 minute exercise, probably, you know. So that is the amount of time they have each day to work on whatever the genre is for the month? Right. Okay, so so this can take a long time if it's a bigger project. Like you might, you might actually drag something out, like a major research project might take more than one month. When my kids did their big research papers last year, we started them at the beginning of the school year and they were due... Let's see. They were due at Thanksgiving. So they, we started like first week in September and they were due middle of November. So they had extra time for that. Maybe it was, maybe it was even Christmas. I can't remember. 
It was a long time though. And my little ones actually did not do the research paper at all because that was massively overwhelming. They were, I mean, Jason was in kindergarten. It's not going to do a research paper. So instead what they did at the same time, we got blank books and they got to choose topics and they put something about the topic on each page. So it's similar to the research style. Like we did one on animals and they got to choose an animal each day that they would write about. And sometimes that meant they wrote a poem about bears. My, and, that, and that went on page one? Yes. And then on page two, two, it might be some facts about bears? Right. Okay. And we had little books on the table spread out about the different animals, and they, they wrote about all different things. My daughter did a hilarious rap. She wrote a rap about muskrats or something. It was some kind of varmint. <laughs> some Some animal that I don't want in my yard <laughs> i can't remember what it was but she she got really into writing raps and she was performing the raps but then she'd write them out and oh, that's funny. so anyway they they write songs they write poems they write stories and then they write informational type things so they were doing the same kinds of skills but they weren't doing the research paper that my big kids were doing the second stage in the writing process is drafting and that's just your rough draft your sloppy copy I always tell my kids, skip every other line because that gives you room to write notes and edit. The older ones do it on a computer, so you know they can just edit with a word processor. But the little kids always skip lines and leave lots of room. And I tell them, this should be marked up by the end. It should be sloppy, your sloppy copy. And so that's the second one. The third stage is revising. This is... Not editing. Do you understand the difference between editing and revising? Or Yeah, revising is like making your writing better, like the actual writing. But editing is fixing grammar and spelling, that kind right. of thing, right? The, so. the revising, often we will take that opportunity to read it to someone and ask them, what confuses you about the story? What could I do better? It helps to have a second pair of eyes for revising. So we do that sometimes. The kids will read their first draft or just whatever they were working on that day and then we'll open it up and everyone will say, I want to know more about how that bad guy ended up in the pit. And, yes. and so and so that will help the, the writer know, oh, I need to explain that more. That writer sees it in his or her mind. Yeah. But sometimes that doesn't translate to the page. And so the revising stage helps you to just really make it better and answer the questions that your readers might have. And it's helpful if you can do that. In an interactive way. So that's another way that we have this family writers workshop all together is whether it's the little one or the bigger kids or somewhere in between, they all can benefit from hearing it out loud and getting feedback. And and you have to train them to be constructive instead of critical. Right. Yeah. And and to not laugh unless it's intended to be funny. (laughs) That's actually really hard sometimes. Yeah. My, my kids get so excited when someone laughs over their writing. Like, that's their favorite thing. If someone laughs, yeah. not, not laughs at them, but laughs at the funny parts. At the funny parts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the fourth stage in the writing process is editing. And editing when my kids are little is really something that I do and they sit by my side. I actually go through and point out, okay, this should have had a comma here. Do you know why? And they sit side by side with me. We, it, we call it like a conference. And, and they're, they're absorbing, but they're not expected to be responsible for that information right. necessarily. It kind of depends. If this is something that they should be doing every you know time. You capital goes at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So if I see something like that, then I say, 
I see that you forgot to put capitals on a lot of your sentences. Before I will edit this, you have to go and fix that mistake. And they go back and fix it. And then they bring it back to me. So my role is, hey, you maybe haven't learned all of these things. And I guide them through it as I correct their mistakes. And then, honestly, that's how our mom taught me to write more effectively. She sat with me like when I was in junior high, especially, and we'd go through my papers and she'd say, okay, this would make this better. And here's an idea here. And I absorbed a lot of that information. And that's what you're doing for your kids. You're, you're coaching them at that point in time. And this part I find is the only part that is best done one-on-one. So if I have a kid who's at that stage where they need me to edit, I kind of tell the others, I'm with this one. You're on your own don't interrupt right now. We're, we're editing. So it's during the revising and the editing stages that you pull most of your mini lessons from. In revising, you might notice that they're not beginning their sentences in a varied way. So you want to teach varied sentence beginnings or they wrote a whole list out and there were no commas in between the items in the list. Yeah. Yeah, That would be more in the editing stage. Right. So you, you notice these things. Do you just jot that down? Do you write that down somewhere? So my, my writers, my planner for writers workshop that I use People were asking me, how do you fill this out at the beginning of the year? I don't. I fill out the genres and maybe a couple of the mini lessons that I want to give on the genre topics, but the rest of it is blank, and I let that fill in as I notice things throughout the course of the weeks that we're doing this. You know, I My planner's always sitting open on my desk during school, so I just run jot down. So I think We've got to do this. That's a great way. One of my... One of my children's problems, one of the reasons they hated writing is because I was overcorrecting. And and they felt like, all that matters to you, Mom, is where I put my periods. You don't even care about my ideas, or was there anything good? It was just a red marked up page. I think that's all I knew how to do. I didn't realize that I was doing it wrong. And CJ, my third son, actually came to me one day and said, Mom, he was really emotionally, really frustrated. He's like, Mom, all you do is criticize. I don't do anything right. I wish that you would help me learn to write better instead of just marking up my page and telling me everything I did wrong. He came and told me that, and I was like... I need to repent. <laughs> so so it, it really turned it around. And I think that was that was actually like the beginning of when I started asking you more about writer's workshop. How do I how do I make this a positive experience instead of a negative experience? Because they that's why they hated writing, and that was a big part of it. That is one of the reasons that I found it's better for me to act as their editor or publisher because if they've just finished this and they're feeling good about their work and then I take it and just red pen it all over, all of a sudden they're feeling badly about their work and they're discouraged and they don't want to do it. They just think they're incapable and no good. But if I go through and say, hey, you made some mistakes, let's correct them. And at the end of our little conference, they have a finished piece or you know, a, a pretty finished piece where it's correct, then they can feel good about it. And it was just part of the writing process instead of, oh my goodness, now I have to go back and correct a thousand mistakes. You know, I actually did most of the correcting for them and explained it and they learned something without the pressure of having to correct so many problems. And and you can address the problems one by one in a relaxed manner where everyone is getting the same lesson and you're not picking on somebody Yeah. when you do your many lessons later on. And it's that is the part that can cater to their levels because, you know... You're not going to have exactly the same place with your junior high kids and your elementary kids in writing. They're not, they're not doing all the same things. You can do the same genres and they can learn a lot of the same concepts, but there's a different level of work expected. And that can be reflected in, in your one-on-one time with your, 
with your kid during that conference. So the very last stage in the writing process is publishing. This is probably the hardest part for my kids because I mentioned that they like to be done at the end of the writing conference. They like to have a finished piece. If they have to rewrite everything, that can be really discouraging for them. But there are times when we do. Sometimes during that conference, I actually type for them. And I type it out and we can print it as a book format or as, you know, it depends on what it is. If it's a poem, it's just going to be a stanza in the center of the page that they can illustrate around or something. But I will often type for them. But there comes a point in time where kids need to be able to do, yeah, yeah, the, the entire job of it. And there also is really a place for, even with my little ones, we have all these pre-bound books that we use a lot. And then they'll take everything that they had perfected and we edited and all of that. And then they put like a sentence on each page of the book and then illustrate their story. That's a lot of work. And it, so, but, but it you, takes a long time. you don't expect them to do it all in one day. Like you let it... Right. I let that bleed over into however many days they need. You know, they've got, we've got a month that we're working on this and they only have to take one piece through the whole writing process. So your pre-bound book, are those books that you make or do you buy them or what, where do you get those? So I, I buy them when I see them, like Target often has them in their little, um, bins, their discount bins at the front during school supply season. Yeah. So I buy a bunch then. And then like Oriental Trading Company sells board book versions and, and several versions of them that you can get. But I also just take cardstock and then typing paper, you know, the printer paper, printer paper, fold it in half like hamburger style and sew it up with the sewing machine in the middle or, and or it's bound staple it. or staple it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a whole bunch of them in all different formats. And so Quite honestly, you need to remember, they might make 10 pre-writes, four drafts, revise one, edit one, publish one. You know, that's, that's how writers tend to work. They don't take every single thing that they pre-write all the way through the writing process. That's fine. You just need to do at least one that month. So one during the month is a completely gone through the entire writing process, but others may be kind of halfway... Or you're or, just journaling because you had a good idea or you wanted to do this story or this poem or this rap, uh, rap. <laughs> about a varmint. <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever you want, you are the writer. You are learning skills and that's what that monthly assignment is for, but you still have a whole bunch of options to do more things. We'll have more writers workshop podcasts and, and ideas, but do you have other questions like about the basics? So my biggest struggle with writing and my kids is just that they plain hate it. And actually this last year when we were doing writers workshop, I saw that turn around a lot, but how do you make it so your kids actually like writing? I really think a lot of it is in allowing for more choice and requiring a little bit less. So it's not that my kids aren't capable of sending more than one a month through the writing process. But that would leave them no time for their own choices. When you start with that blank writer's notebook at the beginning of the year and you just give them blanks, they've got nothing. But after you've done a couple of units and they've learned this pre-writing technique and they've practiced drafting and they've got some ideas, all of a sudden they have some things that they want to do on their own that they know are not going to be graded. So I would say, I don't know, 70% of the work that my kids do is not graded in writing. And that helps it be a little bit more fun. And and knowing they're not going to have to rewrite it over and over. Like they they have control. 
Also, that blank notebook that I started with, we still use that. We have a composition book or something similar. That's their writer's journal. Anything that's in their journal is off limits to me unless they ask me to read it. That's private. That's theirs. I never open it. experiment with their ideas. Yes. Very often my kids come to me and they say, I want to turn this into a story. Can you read it and help me? Or, you know, something like that. And then I will read what's in their, in their journal if they ask me to. But that's, that's theirs. And even if they ask me to, no red pens or corrections are allowed in it. So that gives them some freedom to know that spelling doesn't count there. Grammar doesn't count there. This is an idea book. And then they can take those ideas and take them through the writing process. And that's where we work on the mechanics and the spelling. So it gives a little bit more freedom. I don't know if that answers your fun question, but that's what keeps my kids writing. It's not that it has to be like entertainment style fun. Like amusement park. It's just that my kids, they absolutely hated writing. I mean, they hated it. It was like the worst thing in the world. And I wanted it to be... You wanted polished pieces probably. I think what I was doing is I was focusing so hard on the editing that I was stifling all of their creativity. It was gone, like miserable, because I was expecting them to be college-level professors. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess I was too negative. I didn't know how to say positive things if there was a mistake anywhere in the paper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I, I had to learn that, and I'm still learning that. I'm getting better at it. But I think it was really an attitude change that I needed to make. I never learned these stages of writing in the writing process. I guess in school we did them in some form or another, but it was never laid out for me. I did not know this. When I was in college, I would write all of my college papers, single draft, done. I would never even go back and look at it again. I never revised. I never edited. I just wrote it all out at once because I'm a natural writer. I didn't have a problem. I was able to organize all of the thoughts in my head and just put it out on paper. And I think I kind of expected my kids to be able to do that. And most people can't. No, <laughs> but but I could. I, I did. I did major research in, papers in college that way. I hardly ever looked at anything. I didn't do much pre-writing. I just, I don't know. Wrote. I just wrote, and it was easy. It, it's just easy for me, and that has made me a very very poor writing teacher. If you can start to value the word cloud that you did for a pre-write as heavily as the f- finished published piece, it will change things for your kids. They get to enjoy the process a little bit more instead of just focusing on the red pen and the the mistakes. Yeah, I think that's what I've had to learn, how to be positive. They enjoy it when they're successful. Kids enjoy things that they're successful. People enjoy oh, things that they're that, successful That is at. the other part of having it be fun. You said that you loved it or that your kids loved it when they laughed in the right places, yes, right? Yes, So an important part of the publishing stage is the sharing of it. If you published a book and you never put it out for anyone, that's not really publishing a book, right? It's not very rewarding at all. You have to give them a platform for sharing this, whatever the format is. If it's a story, they get to stand up and read it out loud. Or if they wrote a rap, they should absolutely rap it. Oh, I think you so. Know? <laughs> so <laughs> with, with full beatbox in the background. Yes. But <laughs> I was going to try to do a beatbox, but then I thought better of it. <laughs> I had my hands up there by my mouth and everything. And then I thought, no, 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 no I, we shouldn't go there. No. <laughs> I, I would need my kids to come in and do that. But that is part of the publishing that makes it fun is by the time you get to publishing, you have to be very clear with the audience who is hearing it, that we are not at the revising stage right now. This is the time to celebrate, not the time to suggest yeah. or, or comment or correct. Uh, yeah, You're done at that point. Th- yeah. That, that again, you have to teach that culture and the, 
the right behavior etiquette. to your other kids, the etiquette. Yeah. Yep. At, at each stage, like how, if someone is sharing something and they're at the revising stage, okay, we can give comments, but they should be positive. Right. If someone is sharing something they're at the publishing stage, we just clap at the end. Right. Yeah. There, there's no, <laughs> there's no feedback there because Almost, they're done. Well, some, sometimes actually, sometimes in the publishing stage, if we do an oral presentation, we have a question period where you get to ask the questions yes, of the expert. Yes, we, we do that we do too. That. So, so that would be the only feedback type thing. But but yeah. you're not going to say, oh, you should have ended it differently or, yeah. you know, yeah. something like that. That That's not the, the place for that. So when they're celebrated, that helps it to be more fun. You know, they want to do they it more. They want to do it, yeah. The last thing that you need to recognize when you're first starting out is that there is no place in writer's workshop for slapping a grade on a paper. When I was a freshman, I wrote a paper and I got a B on it, a B plus. And then... I changed schools in the middle of high school, and when I was in my junior year, I turned in the exact same paper, didn't even change a word, just printed it out again. I think I changed the teacher's name and the date. (laughs) (laughs) Way to make an effort. I I changed that heading. I turned it in, and this was a junior honors English class at my new high school, and I got an A on it. I thought, how did that happen? I didn't even... How did my freshman English paper get a B, and then my... Yeah, the same paper. Get an A. And it's because you turned it into a different teacher, right? Grades are meaningless in writer's workshop. That's ridiculous. You don't slap an A or a B or a C or anything on a paper. Instead, you give actual feedback. So I have... This is the rubric that you... Like, that was the first time I was like, oh, that's what a paper is supposed to be like. Like, it helps me to see. So we we will link to that that rubric so that you can see it on on our website. Yeah, in the show notes. Your evaluating it on their ideas and content and it has some descriptors about how to evaluate that on the rubric and then their organization sentence fluency word choice conventions and voice those are the and and the ways that that you evaluate it is going to be different depending on the genre that you're writing in yes everyone is going to be different but it gives you some guides on that rubric so that you you can can talk about that before your kids begin the project so they know what you're expecting Exactly. Yeah. That that's where the expectations in the in the genre mini lessons come in. You can see these are the things that are required in this kind of writing. So this is what this is what you're going to need to do. But that gives actual feedback instead of a meaningless grade, which is going to be totally subjective depending on who's reading it. So if they get the actual feedback, they can see my mom expects me to know where to put commas now, so I'm going to have to up my game on the conventions. Yes. Right. And, you know, I always tell my kids, if you gave J.K. Rowling the manuscript of the entire Harry Potter series and said, you know, let's do one more draft of it, like one more edit this over, she would make changes. It doesn't matter how good you are, how successful you are. There's always something that you can change and make more effective in writing. There is never a writer who couldn't make something better. There's never a writer that feels like, this is perfect. This is This done. is finished. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she still has an entire Pottermore website where she has developed the stories more completely and the characters. And you can learn all kinds of things that she didn't include. Yeah, she I know. Could she, have. she said she wanted to include Hufflepuff, like Harry going into Hufflepuff house. And he never did because he went to the other two. Yes. The other three. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. Writing is a process and it's a process that you can do over and over and over again and develop. And that's what this writer's workshop is. It's teaching kids the process in a very natural, organic way instead of having a workbook where you check off the grammar skills. So you will, through your mini lessons, check off the grammar skills. 
but that's not what the program is about. It's about writing. The ideas come first. The conventions are just like this little part of it. So even though I've only been doing this like full on for a, a year, it has really completely changed my kids' attitude already, even though I feel like I'm still not that good at it. It went from hating writing to they actually like it. And CJ, the one who was like, Mom, you're being too critical of my writing, he now, he, he likes writing. He enjoys that part of the day. And that's true of all of my kids. Complete turnaround. And 90% of that was my attitude. And then 10% of it was understanding the stages of the writing process and, and the rubric. There's a lot more to so, it than just commas and the grammar that yeah, we buy in the workbook, yeah. right? So I, I think so much of it was my attitude. And the writer's workshop process helped me develop my attitude. Like understanding how to grade and how to evaluate, that helped me develop my attitude. And it was the way my, the language I was using with my kids has 180. And that has really changed how they view writing and how they view themselves as writers. It's helped so much. And I'm sorry for ruining your early writing life, children. <laughs> still still growing and learning as a homeschooler, so that's well, good. Well, I could talk about this forever, and I, I don't want to bore anyone too much, but I do have quite a few articles on our Writer's Workshop page, and I'm always adding more to it. And like I said, I am working on a little bit more of a written guide for people who want to have that on hand, because you don't, you don't remember everything from a podcast and in quite the same way. So anyway, I'm working on that, but please feel free to shoot me any questions, ask me anything. I love answering about writing because that's one of my favorite things to teach actually. So thanks for listening and let us know what other questions you have. Thank you, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Come and visit us at layersoflearning.com and on our Facebook group. Make sure to tune in next month for our new podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have Have fun fun learning. learning!